You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies one year anniversary episode. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And I'm trying to not be emotional. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing our 10 seconds of silence that we do before we were recording and I just got like verklempt as I was waiting for the time to tick down. I'm honestly, I was going to tell you to make sure you had some tissues or something by you because yeah. we all know you're going to get a little, and it's fine because this is a huge deal for us because a year ago, we didn't think we'd be here. No. A year ago, when we started this podcast, we used to sit in my car to record the Curio Corner and have like business meetings because our houses were chaos. <laughs> chaos. Yes, we'd meet at a high school. We started at a high school. Mm-hmm. And then we moved down to the river. Remember that one time we were recording, they were like drag racing. <laughs> Behind us. And then there was one <laughs> night that we were starting to record and a thunderstorm rolled in. Yeah. And Jill and I are just sitting in the car with other things to do as the rain pelts. And we're just like, this is bad for audio. We can't do this. I just, we can't. No, we can't. So I, I can't believe it. I was, as we were going back over these episodes to find these memorable moments from the last year, I just marveled at a couple things. I marveled at how many tremendous people we have got to hear great stories from and also, how many people have shared their stories with us? Well, yeah, because in the beginning, it was like, no, we were like, oh, yeah, what's your podcast about? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, you guys want to talk to me? And it's like, <laughs> that is like when it's the real, like, yeah, yeah, we like, just, we're just people like, mm-hmm. yeah, we want to talk to you. And then they get like, and then I get excited because they're excited. And then it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Thanks. As always, I thank you. I don't think often enough, but thank you so much for listening to my crazy ass idea (laughs) two years ago and going all in with me. I could not imagine a better person to be at my side, to help me make decisions, to calm me down when I need it, to level me out when I need it. Like, thank you. 1,050 times. Thank you. This is. Well, I'm not going to lie. When you first told me, I was like, yeah, sure. And then you were like, really like getting, I'm like, oh, okay. We're really, we're really going to do this and we are going to do it. But no, you did all the research you've done. You are like the CEO of this whole thing and you brought it all together and so smoothly and you make everybody want to talk to you. And <laughs> thanks. Thanks for keeping me on the street and narrow. I really, you know, somebody's got to. Thanks. Yeah, man, we've learned a lot in the last year. Oh my gosh. The stuff we have learned. It's the just... equipment stuff from the very beginning. Oh. <laughs> I... I just remember, <laughs> we were like, what are we doing? All this research. Well, and we, like, I didn't know, we didn't know anything, but we were both just like, I guess we'll figure it out. And I was, if you think the Googling thing is a joke, man, it is not. I I spent so many hours in my basement just finding things and how to do things. And, you know, there's really was not a straight answer for any of this. 
No, no. How do you get a podcast out to four, you know, all of the different places that play podcasts? How do you edit it so it sounds great? How do you write an email so you don't sound like a dipshit when you're trying to get somebody on your podcast? And I was also going to start, obviously, we can't speak about the success of the show without speaking of the literal cornerstone of everything is gray. Yeah. Because we even thought we're like, okay, we can we can do this. How uh, hard we were like, how hard could it really be? But you and I are so anal mm-hmm. about the way things are, or we'll like we'll start talking. I'm like, I don't like. Why do I sound like that? Mm-hmm. Like why why did I say that? That's the stupidest. Speaking thing of I've anal, ever said. you have to hold your mic away from your body because you're. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Great, cut that or keep it. Oh, that's better. Is that better? Yeah. Speaking of anal. <laughs> But it was, it's so true because when we were first editing stuff, I was taking out like every breath, every like bit of this, every bit of that. And it's so nice to at the end of the week, okay, gray the episodes up. Yes. And we did not, we did not seek him out. He listened to the trailer episode and was stoked. And I still wonder if he's just as stoked. And that's been, I wouldn't say surprising, but almost like it it just led us on the path that we're supposed to Mm -hmm. be. Like everything has happened the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And you and I from the very get-go have just start, like we have listened to our gut and the signs from the universe from the Mm -hmm. get-go and just the people that have dropped into our lives. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's so great. So without further ado, let's get into some of the notable things that happened in our first year. Up first, we have episode one with my dear friend, Baby Darrington. This is the birth of an estate sale walkthrough. If you, so we're going to do a couple quick little rapid fire questions, just because I want to know where you sit on these things. So say you're, imagine with me, you're at an estate sale in an old neighborhood in Connecticut. Trees line the driveway. It's mid-century, beautiful home that's been in the family for three generations it's just gorgeous maybe not three generations they're young (laughs) two generations you're walking in the first things you come across you come across pyrex or depression glass what's going in your basket pyrex I don't know. Is this for me? Let's go for you and then Jill will answer. I don't know because my new love is depression glass. It'd probably be depression. What color? Depression glass. Your favorite. But it's also the Pyrex print you've been after for a decade. Sam, I hate your guts right now. This is horrible. (laughs) I mean, I'm going with the depression glass. I would probably go with the Pyrex if it was the pattern and color I've been looking for. All right. What color depression glass? What are we looking at here? What? Uh, let's go with either Carnival, which is the multifaceted. Ooh. Or we'll go with, uh, oh, it looks like it's irradiated. It's like the color of kind of like Vaseline. Oh, I know what you're talking Yeah. It was made with um, uranium, which isn't necessarily, it's your, it's your, perf- that would be my like boner depression glass. <laughs> would be the Carnival <laughs> glass or the type that's like possibly going to harm me and glows in the dark yes. yeah what about you which one are you going for are you going for pyrex or are you going for the depression i think pyrex just because it's i i love depression glass but as far as owning it it's just not my thing mm-hmm. you know 
I wouldn't know what to do with it. I could never Give see it you again. <laughs> depression glass in your house. That's what we do. We split the difference and I go, you buy that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, we've wandered through the maiden's quarters. Can I ask which is more valuable? Is it depression glass? Certainly I would say it's that. sixes. Yeah. They both, oh, really? they both okay. tend to stay and we'll fact check that, but they both tend to stay kind of at the top of the market, but in different generations. I would say depression glass uh-huh. is more popular with women in their later years. Mm-hmm. Than Pyrex. Right. Yeah, I would say. I have some depression glass, like little, like tea cake stands that are violet. Oh, pretty. And some lady tried to fight me for them. She's like, I saw those first. And I was like, they're in my hand first. So, oh, man. Yeah. And And I have my grandmother collected me uh, pink depression glass still in a box in the basement because I have nowhere to display it. Yeah. That's something you can't, you have a daily driver of, I think. Yeah. Okay, and then we're going, we've left the kitchen, we're rounding the corner into the den, and we come across, there are vintage and antique lamps and lightware, or tapestries, vintage, crushed velvet, carpet bag style, what are we going with? Lightware, totally, no question. Yeah, I think the lightware too. I'm going with the tapestries. Really? Because I would want to make a bag out of them. Really? Oh, okay. Well, so oh. that's interesting. Some people would consider that sacrilegious, like you changing the thing that it is. I know. And then I'd, and you're I guess like, I no. would consider the condition. Would it be beautiful as a hanging right. or would it be? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, no. All right. Our last one. Okay. You you walk down. Now you're headed to the living room and you see a bookcase full of old uh, books and guides and kind of everything you could ever imagine to be in a collection or records an entire life's worth of record collections which one which one are you devoting the last 30 minutes of your estate sale time to to pick through oh books because i don't know i don't know music i don't i think i'd go with the vinyls I would go. I would probably go with the books. I'd glance at the. Well, I, I take that back. Dustin would head straight to the books. That's where he goes, and I would probably go right. to the vinyl. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I would totally. Yeah. I think I'd head to the vinyls first, yeah. just because then I. I, could, would, I just want to know what I was looking for. I would be like, "This is all beautiful and cool." <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. just find like the most unique, and then I'd probably frame them in my house. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you were, so say you're at this antique sale and you have an endless amount of money, are you, are you gathering the things, and we kind of touched on this, are you gathering the things that are going to get you the biggest return or the most interesting? Like say you walked in and you saw, Carrie, you saw a, oh God, it just left me, the chair. The black leather chair. Why can't I think of it? It starts with an E. Eames chair. Yeah. An original Eames chair. You know the yeah. market value. You know what you can get for it. Yeah. But to the other side of it is a signed play by Stephen Fry. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's difficult because that doesn't really, like same signed stuff doesn't really appeal to me. Oh. I think I think in that instance, I would be like, yeah, I, I'd resell this chair. For sure. What about you, Joe? Yeah. What are you doing? Are you reselling? Are you going for the story? I don't know. I'd probably go for this. If it's like a huge amount, it's like, it's hard not to say. Yeah, sure. I know. It's like, yeah, if I'm going to get a huge return, I'd probably resell. See, this is yeah. where it's hard for me because I'm like the sentimental part where I'd be like, this is really cool. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and then I also it's like, don't want to be bothered like selling it's cool, something. but then it's like, what am I going to do with it when I get it home? You know? Yeah. yeah. This is true. Episode two is with Melissa Da and the beginnings of a hoarder's perspective. My husband and I both share this issue of like having the hardest time letting go of a useful item. Yes. So we just literally hoard things. And my husband went up to a house where we got our greenhouse glass from. Uh-huh. And he came back with a Dotson tailgate, <laughs> a broken bench that we can fix because it's cast iron. Nice. The bottom half of a candy machine. <laughs> so the tray that catches the extra tidbits. I feel like these are not, that's not hoarding. You're just being, you're being wise. Yeah. You're planning for the future. I mean, please don't. I hope my husband doesn't <laughs> listen to this because it's just encouraging him because he'll just be like, so I, he brought home, he works uh, for a rental furniture company and he brought home a fireplace, a electric fireplace without the outside. It was just the element and like the screen. And I was like, what are we doing with this, babe? And he's like, well, it's a fireplace. Like, we can just, I'll build something to go around. I'm like, with your extra time. <laughs> you know, he sounds like me. Yeah. And well, and we both are uh, extremely guilty. Yeah. I'll buy like the fourth set of measuring spoons. And I'm like, I just, what if the other ones I'm just baking all day and yeah. they're all dirty? I know. Then what? That's, that's my husband. He's like, so you really need another cake stand? Yes, yes, I do. We don't know when I'll buy and like make 50 cakes. So (laughs) I have to be prepared. (laughs) Like I'm preparing for the worst case scenario. Yeah. You never know when I'm going to enter a rogue baking competition on the Food Network. It could be exactly. It could. Right now, I got got to check my email. Look, here it is. I I have to go. They are searching for me. I just know it. (laughs) Well, and I will collect something to be like, I wonder if somebody's going to come into my house and be like, oh my God, you have. XYZ. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, bitch, I do. And now we're best friends because you know what it is. It's a test for everybody who comes in. Yeah. Like some people buy a new outfit when they go to do something new. I buy a new antique as like a a space saver in yeah. time. Episode three, we sit down with one of my very favorites, Brandy Evans Beetle of Pocket Full of Heirlooms, and we talk about understanding antiques. Because your interest in antiques is a niche interest and it goes past the traditional form of antiques that like I would get with my grandmother. Yeah. That I was like, this lady gets it. She gets the cool bits of history that need to be loved again. And I think a lot of people connect with you on that level. What drove you to this, this way of curating the collections you sell? Because they touch me. I mean, they, you know, everybody laughs. The first estate sale I ever went to, I, I went out to my car and I cried. And, and uh, everybody was like, what did you cry for? And I said, because I just went through someone's life. Mm-hmm. The most private parts of their life that I just went through it. And then I watched people go through it with no concern at all. And that bothered me. And I, uh, so when I see that, you know, some people, it's like, Hey, I have a collection of hair braids and that grosses people out. And but all <laughs> I, but I all have I, hair in my, uh, China cabinet right now. And Jill hates it. Yeah. And does it, <laughs> don't you feel like some kind of connection? Can't you imagine that little girl getting her hair cut and being so proud of that hair? Mm-hmm. And then her mom sitting down and probably crying because she just cut all that baby hair off. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's a lot, it, it's a lot 
it's just a connection. And my mom always says, you're just so drawn to this stuff. And I'm like, cause I see it. Mm-hmm. I don't just, Oh, that looks neat. Or, Oh, I like that. I actually like feel some of it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that feeling. Yeah, I yeah. like, I like being a part of that. Yeah. Episode four was our, with our darling um, fairy godmother, Linda Davies. And she goes over some estate sale tips. What are some of your tips to make an estate sale work the best for you? What are your... To work the best for me? Well, to work the best <laughs> for you and for a consumer. And for the, for the consumer. Um, get there early. Don't be pra- afraid to pay full price for something because really on, on the night that we open, most of the really good stuff goes away. And so I would say don't be afraid you know, to spend some money on things. Because if you fall in love with it, you might as well get it because I hardly ever have bought anything that I've regretted. But I have not bought some stuff that still sticks in my head. Number five is episode Terry Foster. And we talk about my drag persona. (laughs) Fat Lava is a popular term that strictly refers to a fairly small subcategory of glazes, but is all too often improperly used as a synonym with West German pottery. Which, I guess, if I heard the term fat lava in German pottery, I'd been like, what? I want to use it as a drag name for myself. Like, can I be known as fat lava? Like, welcome to the stage, Fat Lava. I don't know, but I can totally see you with, like, bright red hair. Right. Brighten the hair up a little bit. Give me a sequin dress. Flowy. Red with flames. Guys, let's make it happen. (laughs) Please. Please, somebody, make this happen. be Fat Lava. (laughs) But alas, it's just a glaze. I know. Episode six is with Donnie when we were given the tip for everything you bring, you have to get rid of something. Or keep it at my house. <laughs> so literally, he sees this thing like. Okay, my husband is day. like six one. Yes. There's no, there's no way he can miss it, and it's so obvious. It's super obvious. And he goes, "When did you?" And I just sat up and looked at him, like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "How do you do? You walk around the house with your eyes shut?" <laughs> like it's been there for four weeks, and he's like, "No, it hasn't." Yes, it has. Everybody else has seen it. Oh, well, I like it. Great. I'm glad that... Well, I'm glad you approve. <laughs> we'll just play I Spy. I'm going to make you a scavenger hunt throughout the year, and you've got to figure out the 10 so things so I put really, in the house. really, you could just keep buying, and he'll never notice until after a month. As long as I don't put it in a gallery wall. Yeah, Brian's to the... He, he says one in, one out. Oh. So. Oh, ooh. I know. Ew. I don't think I like that You can that keep rule. a box He's in gone my garage, wrong. too. <laughs> he goes so, out of town quite frequently. <laughs> yeah. You can keep a... I'll just make a storage unit in my garage. Yes, please. We'll temperature control it. Yeah. That's all we <laughs> need. And you can just be like, hey, I'm coming over to swap some stuff out. I'm like, dope. Yeah. Here's the keypad. Oh, this cool shit Sam bought me. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is buying you guys a lot of antiques. Yeah, she sure is. You're like, she's so nice. <laughs> well, she does the podcast now, so I mean, it's like PR for her. She just has yeah, to. Right. <laughs> she write this shit off, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I just, I bought it as a lot. Just all of this mushroom stuff. <laughs> yeah, it just is a surprise. You like guessed. And my husband won't even notice that I have it. He's not even going to see it. Episode eight, it was at the Darling Emmy and Kim Kwame. Where you hear our rendition of The Golden Girls. 
Yeah, it's all of that. It's yeah. everything you want in a record oh, collection. Okay, so playbills. Playbills in the collection is a lot. Then the other side is the Golden Girls complete first season from the original. It's the original box set Thank and it hasn't been opened yet. Driving down the road back again. We don't have the music rights for that. Episode 9 with Kate of Bitter Squeaks. We hear about the phone call she had with Edward Mobley's kids. I can remember that day so clearly. Ashley, I was on the phone with Ashley and she was like, hang up with me right now and call them. And I was like, okay. So I hung up and then I called the number and I was like, stupid boy to know again. Whatever. And uh, instead it was like, hello? And I was like, ah! <laughs> You're like mentally preparing that voicemail, and then <laughs> yeah, so you're just I, repeating yeah, no, it. I, hello, and I was like, ah, crap! Like this is, oh no, okay. Um, make your words work. <laughs> so, I, you know, I just told him like, my name is Kate. I've been trying to contact you, and he's like, no, no, I know. <laughs> I got the letter. I got the voicemail. What do you want? Oh shit! And I was like, I just want to talk about your dad. I was like, you know, I is he still alive? And he was like, no. And I was like, of course not. Damn it! Like, it's so weird to like mourn the death of someone that you never met Mm -hmm. or never met. It's really bizarre. And I was like, oh, like what? My squeak toy pop pop. Like I didn't even know. (laughs) And so um, that was like really like a loss for me, Mm. even though it shouldn't have been because like it's your dad. And um, so anyway, so we just talked about his dad. We talked for like three hours and I wrote down everything like a psycho because I was like, I'm going to make a book about this man. He's amazing. He's the best man to ever exist. I love him. Like he is my everything. Right, 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 right. right. right, right. So I took all these insane notes, you know, like you do. <laughs> and um, at the very end of our conversation, I was like kind of just hoping at most for like catalog because those are like a flat fold and you can like pop them away and nobody cares yeah so i was like by any weird chance do you happen to have any of your dad's stuff and he was like oh yeah got a whole storage unit full and my little squeaky heart went <laughs> what <laughs> give it all to me like, i turned into like a squeak monster <laughs> give me it now so um yeah i was like instant panic where you just like why don't I live in Ohio? How can I get to Ohio in 30 minutes? Like, I need to be at this man's house right now. So we, okay, so on that phone call, I asked if I could fly out and buy some stuff. And he was like, well, you can fly out and see it. And I was like, if I touch it, it's mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're gonna lick it. So I said, okay, like on that phone call and picked a day to fly out. Like we organized everything that day. Wow. Um, we flew out in July, no, August, and it was magical. It was like we got to their house and like he had some stuff in the garage that was really cool, like hand painted pieces and like really interesting things to look at. And like it was beautiful. And he was like, tomorrow we're going to go to the storage unit. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, for like the two months before I flew out, he wouldn't send me pictures of anything. So you were going in completely oh. blind. Blind. He just said, we have a storage unit. And I was like, can you tell me how big it is? And he was like, no. Oh man, this is how most murder stories start. Yeah. This is how every murder story starts. 
Yeah. And I was like... Why did she die? Well, she was had an obsession with squeak toys. How did Kate get murdered? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how I died. So, it would kind of all make sense. She survived heart surgery. She survived rheumatic fever. She liked squeak toys. She got murdered. Like, <laughs> So the next day you guys went out to this storage unit. So we go out to the storage unit and it is amazing. He was pulling out original boxes from the Aero factory filled with toys still in their boxes. So like, yeah, like original boxes of toys in their original boxes. Like, and did you just like have a seizure on the ground of excitement? Cause I would have. Yeah. Like I was so, it was crazy. It was so hot too, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like amazing. Everything he pulled out was like, and then here's another box of amazing and like to see prototypes and see, you know, the copper molds from the factory and like everything. It was just, I I can't even, I can't even put into words like how good it was. It's like every collector's dream to be like, and then here's every piece ever. And you're like, Oh, damn, that is every piece ever. Well, and to not just have like him pull all the toys out, but all the molds that made those toys. Like it was essentially and, like the wax sculptures yeah. that he did to create the mold, like everything. Because it was, it was essentially say, his studio, right? That had got put into this. Yeah. So when he when he died, they took his whole entire studio and just boxed it up and put it in the storage. It was it was amazing. But still remember, I can't buy anything. Right. I know. So he was like, but nothing's for sale. So here's everything you've ever fallen in love with, but don't touch it. And so I, the reason I went out there with my kid's dad is we're very good friends. He and I are very close, but he's also like six one. And like, like he's (laughs) like a wall of a man. Like he's just like, and he's very tattooed, like very heavily tattooed. So he's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So I just, and then like, there's you, him this to, like, tiny I know. gothic thing, fairy standing next to him going, yes, <laughs> this is my... Nathan <laughs> is very much the one where it's like, you can deal with me, but if you have to deal with him, nobody wants that. No. Like, no. <laughs> and so I brought him and like, he, he and I have been very close for so many years that he can read me like a book. So when he said, when, when the Mobley said this isn't for sale, he saw like me so sad. Yeah. That yeah. defeat. Also yeah, kind of out imagine. there. He was joking the whole time that they weren't going to sell me anything. And he was like, what if this is just some weird elaborate catfish? And I was like, but why? Like, that's not yeah. even why people catfish. Like right. that's insane. But yeah, so when he said it wasn't for sale, he like saw my heart fall into my butthole and be like, <laughs> right, devastating. So he did the swap meet thing where he like whispered in my ear and he's like, make a pile. And I was like, okay, I, I can make a pile. And he's like, but don't get greedy. Don't make it weird. Just make it the stuff that if you don't go home with this, you will die. And I was like, okay, like that I can do. So I just started making a pile of things that like, if they didn't come home with me, I would die of heartbreak. Yeah. Hmm. So I made this pile, you know, like a a sheep that was still in its box that I thought was so beautiful. And like a lot of things in the original packaging. And then like Mm -hmm. a few prototypes, that like I'll never see again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they were never produced and just incredible and weird and wonderful. 
So, and then like a few <clears throat> weird color variants. So, um, so we have this pile and he pulled everything out of the garage just to show me and then put it all back. And it was like, Oh, don't put it back. Like give it to me. <laughs> but so we're putting everything back in the garage in the storage. And, um, Hey, um, about this pile, we're going to take this with us. How much will that cost? Okay, so he won't let me buy anything. Two months later, I'm back on a plane to Ohio because now he's decided to sell me everything. And I fly out and I have a pod shipped to their house. Like, I must have been so annoying to this poor family. Like, they're just so Midwestern and so sweet. I don't deserve them. <laughs> but I mean, they probably they saw your adoration. So they were like, if the dad's collection is going to be safe with anybody. That's what they said was like, you're, you're the one that it needs to go home with. And I was like, mm -hmm, that's me. You're like, I've been telling you this the whole time. In episode 10, we learn about Kelly's spirit animal. So um, we were talking about your collection now yes, yes, and we're yes. talking about, so you have your vintage teas, but then yeah. you also collect, and I think that it is so sweet, is squirrels. Which I, I shit you not, I didn't know I collected squirrels. Until my daughter's like, oh, you bought another squirrel. It's your animal. Yeah. Uh, squirrel's my spirit animal. I didn't even know. I, yeah. And my daughter is nine. And she's, uh, she's awesome. But she's very like, she tells you how it is. She I tells one me of how those. it is all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's like, oh, another squirrel. I'm like, what do you mean another fucking squirrel? She's like, there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I guess I like squirrels. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. I, uh... Yeah. Squirrels are fucking awesome. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you don't realize it until somebody points it yeah. out, and it's like, no, I'm not crazy. Yeah, shut it. <laughs> Leave it alone. I'm going to turn you into a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we have a lot of squirrels around our house, you know? I don't know. Did that just start because you thought they were, like, is it the same thing that happens there? I'm like, well, this is cute. I guess. I don't know. But, like, the I don't have just... animals are cute. They're super cute. Like, I think that's cute. it. They're cute. I don't know. And I'm not, like, a real cutesy person in general terms, but I'm, I'm true. <laughs> <laughs> I like the squirrels. Episode 25, we sit down with Billy Billy B and we learn about my exorcism. My, uh, speaking of the, my paternal grandmother, she passed away this year. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's the same grandmother relationship that you had. So <laughs> I was. Yeah. I know. It's like you don't know what to say. So I uh, loved her because she was family, but not because of how she was to me. I feel that. You know, and. Um, I have to be careful how I talk about it on here because to people that don't know my family history or what don't know me personally, they're like, wow, chill the fuck out, my dude. And it's like, well, she, I, uh, so I was not raised religious and she was, and I went to her house and I had my Monroe pierced and I come, you know, walking up and she holds my shoulders and she looks at me. She's speaking to me, but not really. She's going, I just... <laughs> One day the devil will let you go and then hugged me. And I was like, probably not. Probably not. I'm just actually. What the hell yeah. is that? And then she's like hugging me and she's like doing this fake kind of cry of like, I just want you to be okay. And I'm just standing there like, oh, I'm good, dude. I'm Everything's fine. fine. And then my dad was like, hey, bring the groceries upstairs. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> Absolutely. Here yeah. we go. Episode 27 is with Rebecca Longpiper. And you just hear about my bubble wrap experience. 
I think a lot of it truly started with me. I had wonderful women in my life. I had a mom who read a lot of books to me and just encouraged me to explore my imagination. I had grandmas who also just fed this, all these curiosities that I had. And so, yeah, I was very much a child in my head, a very much big imagination person, but always this curiosity and, and the freedom to explore it. And mm-hmm. I mean, my mom gets the credit for, for that, for sure. Yeah. That's my, my mom was very much uh, uh learn as you grow. And then if you fall down, we'll, we'll figure it out. Mom, that was my mom. And then I, my mom was single and yeah, we grew up uh, yard sailing and antiquing and all that stuff. And it was, I think back on my childhood and I always remember adventure in like the, the most mundane things. And I hope I pass that on to my children. Yeah. I, my mom wrapped me in bubble wrap. We're breaking you out of it now. I know. I now I'm just like, see what happens. I break a bone, I break a bone. I don't care. In episode 28 with Josh and Jackie, Joe gets a little hostile about fire eating. It's for real. When you were learning I how to eat fire, because mm-hmm. I mean, animalistically, fire bad. Mm-hmm. Fire eat fire also bad. Why Josh eat fire? How Josh eat fire? This is what my brain is doing. Right? How how did you how? It's it's something that's you know there's there's some secret tips to it and Was to be it like actually magic? good at it. If you told me you'd have to kill me, you kind of here kind of. All right. It's it's uh it's one of those things that's pretty amazing because after you know I've been eating fire for I don't know I'd say like eighteen years something like that maybe. Every time I go to the dentist, I'm always like afraid that the that the flames and the heats have like ruined my teeth. But they always say I have like amazing teeth. And oh, I'm like, good. That was my possible. question. I wanted to know the inside. Like, what's your mouth mm-hmm. look like on the inside? Like, right? And does it have a taste? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just you know, but it's it's being like as safe as possible. That's the key. Is like to do. You know, a lot of people just want to watch a video and think they can go do it, but you know. <laughs> There is things you want you want to be trained how to do, and that's one of them for yeah, sure. Yeah, disclaimer, don't try this at home, listeners. Episode 29 is with Miss Shermet of the Surfer Jets, and we learn you can't have too many shovels. Well, I'm lucky. I kind of have really benefited from my, my grandpa's knack for keeping stuff around and my dad because I haven't had to buy a shovel or a, you know, there's like, because you know i got all of all of his yard tools but he's like he'll have like four shovels and i'm like okay that's fine yeah. i don't need to buy a shovel we noticed that we went to an estate sale and the lady had like eight shovels and i was like why do you have eight shovels i just don't want anybody to go into my shed <laughs> yep. do you have eight shovels yeah they all have a different purpose that's true there's a square well, shovel I've- around a shovel some of them are heavier some of them are lighter some of them are for my son you do you boo if you need a shovel i'll come to you there you go <laughs> episode 30 we hear from elrod of mexicish about a bedazzled item you wouldn't think of first so you did this stuff and then you started to move into bedazzling yes which like God the bless you. Light up like yes, I yeah. did. But you were like yes. bedazzling and like making. It looks like resin poured forties with bedazzle yes. labels. 
<laughs> yeah. You're, you're looking at that right. Yeah. I'm going to call it the highest form of what I think it is because I love it. And it's, and it harkens to John Waters. It's trash art in the best way. Yes. Like high you. camp. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for appreciating. <laughs> what did you, were you just looking at a, an OE and you were like, how can I make you glam? Basically. <sighs> I have this, like, <laughs> I have this like strange, uh, kind of like concept in my head like with every piece that I do is I want every piece of artwork that I make to be kind of like a shrine or like an homage to that object I want that object to be in its most glorified state of existence you know what I mean like I want it to be like worshipped kind of in my brain and so when I make these things I'm like well what is like the ultimate 40 look like I'm like well it's filled with gold for one you know and mm-hmm. the, the the label's gonna be glittering mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I have the idea that I tried it so I started that was my first bedazzled piece and um it takes many hours it takes a uh, technique for sure and you have to be a little like uh, unkeeled as a person i guess because it's very therapeutic to sit there and get lost in this cathartic like movement of mm, like attaching yeah, these tiny yeah. crystals and like i'll seriously get lost their hours will pass me and i won't even be aware of it because of how wonderfully lost i am in the process mm-hmm. and so i kind of became addicted to this like it really became like this high i was chasing to get lost like in this little weird world i was like it, i mean it really it, it was i called it my therapy for sure yeah but it was yeah. like my most like probably my most strangest art movement i did myself because i really lost myself in it. it was fun <laughs> Episode 31 is with Lisa Jokinen of Gen App, and we hear more about those damn beanie babies. <laughs> well, I recently learned what is a beanie bear from your show. <laughs> so it works both ways. It was, I still have this odd thing when I go to a sale and I see a bunch of beanie babies. Some part of my beanie brain babies, goes, sorry, those yeah. are valuable. And I'm like, no, they're not. Stop. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're not gonna be. <laughs> I can't get away from them. I went through a box of stuff I had from my childhood and there was a beanie baby and I was like, son of a bitch, leave me alone. I don't want these bean filled things. Yeah, they're coming for you. Episode 32 with Baker Betty. We hear about how Jill's mom tries to ground her. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah. The like, stories are coming out now, and my mom will look at me like, Excuse me? You did what? Because <laughs> my friend and I, we went mud bogging near where we lived in my friend's like Chevy Love truck. And we got to like, we hit a cylinder, a oh. cement cylinder. It's so weird talking about like, remember that time where we hit and we thought you died because you hit your head? And then my mom's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. What? You did? I'm like, Oh no, no, mom. I'm just kidding. And then she's, I'm like, you can't ground me. 30 years old, you can't ground me. I'll ground you. I'll and now that right I'll now. be 41, she's like, I still can whip your ass. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. That's true. Episode 33 is with Miss Iridescence, where it's important to let people know your identifying marks if you go missing. It's, it's like saying, like, you have brown hair. I'm, I'm fat. My skin is brown. My mm. hair is brown. It's neutral. Yeah, these yeah. are adjectives used to describe <laughs> if I was missing. <laughs> yes. Somebody right? trying yeah. to be not a fit. She's like, well, she's a light color. She's like fluffier. And she's like, she's like not, a bigger body. Not like, but she's this, not like fat, fat. But like, you know, right? This. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you no. know, great guys. 
up until like two weeks ago, I had red hair. So I would be a red, highly tattooed, fat, short person. Find me. I'm missing. Don't bullshit them. (laughs) Please find me. I don't care what you use. Just find me. But I constantly, like, I just want to know your secrets to find In episode 34 of Mandy, also known as Hagwitch, we talk about the importance of the English language with toddlers. I was driving one day. And I had a little girl, I had just picked her up from school and she goes, she was eight. And she's like, man, sweet little innocent child, Mandy, what does fuck mean? And I was like, <laughs> oh God. So I had to, you know, I was like, well, you know, are we talking noun, verb? Yeah. Adjective? No, I'm just kidding. How was it using used it? in a sentence? Use it in a sentence for me, <laughs> <Yeah>. sweetheart. <laughs> so I just was like, oh honey, I'm so sorry that you learned that word. That's not a nice word. Um, so please don't say it. And you're not allowed to say that until you're older. So she, as I'm driving, she was whispering it, saying it in every, every volume and vocal inflection <laughs> she could muster up. And I was just driving and I was like, how is this my life right now? Because you have to, you have to, it's, it's my, literally my job. I'm being paid to like be responsible help these kids help. out be yeah. responsible make sure my answers are well thought out and not going to traumatize anyone so i told i told her mom when we got home i was like just so you know in case lauren drops the <laughs> f bomb it wasn't from me <laughs> but she she knows that word now so she picked it up on her <laughs> weary travels through the third grade i know that's what <laughs> when my kids like when i'd pick them up from school they'd hop in the car and they're like hey mom what's this dude Wait, what? Let me pull out of the line first. <laughs> Let me get out of pickup. And I'm like, what? Okay, what? what how did we hear it? Who said it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And why am I always the one to answer these questions? Well, you have to. I know. No I am. My my you're daughter's safe like, space. She's like, you're the nurse, and you told us you could always come to you. And I'm like, I take that's that true. Back. That is no, <laughs> that's true. I say that's your make it or break it moment. Mm-hmm. If you how you respond to how you react and how you respond to something that's important to a little kid is going to determine whether or not they're comfortable asking yep. you oh, yeah. things in the future. So I you've got to be super chill. I really, I always ask him like, well, who said it and how is it said <laughs> when they yeah. tell me that? And it's like, yeah. um, so, uh, uh, it's cool. Thank <laughs> you for coming to me and right, asking, right. uh, this is how it is. And this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And like, they just want the simple answers. Yeah. And my yeah. husband will go into a, a like a 10 day, 10 day series lecture. Sure, 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 sure. Where their eyes glaze over. And I'm like, honey, they just wanted the yes or no. In episode 35, we sit down with our own spell check and she explains how Sam got a boner. <laughs> you and I have been friends for haha, three. Since, since March of 2019. Oh, you're welcome. We worked together at the salon when you started there, mm-hmm. and I quickly fell in love with you. Yes, I remember the exact moment I decided you were my friend. Oh, <laughs> do what you was it? Yeah. <laughs> so we were sitting at the front. Well, I was sitting at the front desk, and you were standing behind me, and I was getting uncomfortable <laughs> because <laughs> you were too close to me. But we were talking about um, somebody said something about blue jays, and I said, "Oh yes, they're part of the co- uh, the Corvid family." And you said, oh, I just got a boner. (laughs) (laughs) I just got a boner. That's something I would say. And I was like, okay, there it is. (laughs) That was the moment for both of us, I think, right? Yes. Yes, I will. Because you use the word Corvette. And that is, 
I don't remember saying that, but it's very on brand. Oh yeah, for me, I was gonna uh, say yeah. That sounds exactly like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is me. Um, but no, I was just yeah. I was you were. You came to the salon, you were dressed adorable all the time. You dressed like 50s housewife, but one that will slash your tires. Oh, thank you. In episode 36 with Megan Powell of Goods Resurrected, we talk about how Ann Gettys won't leave her alone. So I don't know if you follow sometimes when I go thrifting, I always say that the Ann Gettys babies follow me. And so I have people that message me and they're like, so I'm, I'm unsure, like, do you love these Ann Gettys things? I'm like, no, but I think it's just, maybe it's this like subconscious thing because I had them on my wall and I had the calendar when I was like 12 that they're not like, you know, on my radar mm-hmm. somehow. Cause I, like, why can't I be like the million dollar, like painting whisperer? No, I'm the fucking Ann Gettys <laughs> whisperer. Like I find them everywhere. And I've, I'll honestly like not even know they're behind something and like, pull like move something to look behind it and it's like there's a baby like, there's a baby in a flower peapod looking straight up at you going megan do you remember me I'm, do you remember me hanging above your bed when you were 12 do you remember me? i always i always wonder where those babies are now like did they all turn out okay because yeah. some of those were like really weird pictures oh, i'm gonna look it up and there's a we need to make like a recovering and gettys <laughs> Yes. Baby's documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Like, have you seen the one where the lady's pregnant and there's like the baby on her? Yes. Like, it's really weird. Hi, my name's Mirabelle. (laughs) And I was a sunflower from 95 (laughs) to 96. And then they they demoted me to a bear. And I was never the same. So now I live somewhere that flowers can't grow because it triggered me. I can't. She starts like shaking every time she sees a sunflower. <laughs> no, no, Anne. There was, there is some Anne Gettys controversy. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but there was like a thing. Like, I feel like I remember that too. Yeah, she, not like child abuse or something, but there was something going on. Yeah, like Anne's. She's rough around the edges. I think maybe. <laughs> but be like, it's funny because I feel like I, a lot of other people that are thrifters. They all have like that one thing that they find all the time. In episode 37, we sit down with Gina Icavelli of a Mementos Entwined about sneaking her some hair. I won't do it. And using my own hair, and I have fairly long hair, mm-hmm. so I started to kind of cut my own for a little bit and practicing. Um, and then also my friend who's the hairdresser, I was like, all right, well, sneak me some hair. <laughs> You know, the longer hair, not that I ever kept those pieces. They're just for display. Cause right. not, I think you mentioned in one of your episodes um, that it's, it kind of feels weird stealing hair from other people. Yeah. <laughs> if know, they don't know about so it. Personal. Especially if you start petting it and be mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, that's nice. Qu- oh, your hair would make a beautiful bracelet. It would be super cute oh, yeah. as a ring. And then people would be like, okay, <laughs> where friendship is done. <laughs> I always have that thought when I see people with beautiful hair. I'm like, oh, my God, I could braid the shit out of that. <laughs> my boyfriend's yeah. like, get away from me. I know. He's well, still not really yeah. cool with it. But <laughs> Sam would do that with me. Yeah. And now that I know her obsession with hair, Julie, I'm like, mm. one Julie. of these days she's going to be like, oh, sorry, you're bald now. Sorry, I, I had the opportunity to take an ass ton of hair. Would we cut your hair off? Sure you did. And I threw it away. It's garbage hair. No. <laughs> it's in the landfill of good and plenty. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I mean I don't really have any of my friends' hair either yet. It's been on my mind, but I do have a bracelet made with my sister's hair oh, that oh, I um, 
bugged them for some and I've been bugging them again because I want to get some pieces for my mom and aunts and all that. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's funny how you don't think about it for like your own. Yeah. You know, family and whatnot at first. In so. episode 38, we catch up with the mothballs and talk about how I met Melissa Daw, a.k.a. Melko Leather. And then with Melissa, I had followed Melko Leather on Instagram for a couple of years since she made that purse for Donnie. Oh, okay. That's yeah. when I started following you. Okay. And then Spellcheck worked with me uh-huh. at the time. And you were in getting your hair done. <laughs> Spellcheck and I were very, very close in high school. We were best friends in high school for a long time. And we were actually roommates after high school, too, for a short period until we both got married. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's a really weird connective. That is yes. like... Yeah. So Spellcheck starts to work with me. And I see Melissa come in to get her hair cut. And I'm fangirling. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Spellcheck comes into the back room to do something. And I was like, is that Melko? And she started laughing so hard at me for referencing you as Melko Leather. You know, she's like snorts when she's laughing yeah. really hard. She's just looking at me like I'm an idiot. And I was like, what? And she goes, her name's Melissa. <laughs> and I was I like, I can totally see her look like, like <laughs> what? Like she's, stuck. I can also see your fangirling and be like, Le- that, yeah. Oh, that, from my station. Oh, I was shit. like, I think this is Melko Leather. <laughs> and then um I You're was also like, like whispering yourself be cool be cool be cool and at the time i didn't know that melissa and i have the same equivalent level of anxiety <laughs> so uh, spell check's like just go say hi and i was like i don't she's very cool so i walk over and i was like hi and then i asked you i was like do you make watch bands for smart watches and you were like no i don't do that and i was like oh, i get it it's probably like really hard and stuff <laughs> And then I walked into the back room like, uh, blew it. Well, that's because when you walked up, I was like, oh, this chick is way cooler than me. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, thank God I have this cape on because I don't know what to do. (laughs) See, like I said, before I realized we were both crippled by social anxiety. Well, this is like looking down, like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. And Sam's like, okay, um, I gotta ask a cool question. (laughs) So then, that was our first and only interaction, was that like, hey, (laughs) you're cool. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And then... I asked you, because... You said you lived over where you do, and I said, oh, are you Mormon? (laughs) (laughs) And looking back on that now is hilarious. Yeah, and then I was like, I think the face I go to by default is, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, very much confused, like... It's oh, like, God, no. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Right. But by appearance, it's a big swing. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Nope. Nope. And then I, um, my client came in and I had to go back to work. And uh, forever, just like, you know, that like three in the morning you wake up and you're like, ooh. <laughs> I did that. So fast forward, I talked to Spellcheck about the show. That was the spring of that year. Mm-hmm. Talked to Spellcheck about the show. Asked you to be on the show. Still talking to spell check, and I'm like, now I have to find people to be on the show. And she goes, You should ask Melissa. And I was like, But she's too cool. <laughs> so that's, and then I asked you, and you came over that day to my house, and Jill and yeah, I, we had that awkward first date between yeah. the three of us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, literally, like sweat dripping down my ribs. <laughs> Same. <sighs> yeah. Cause you were our first in person. Yep. Yeah. 
Because we had Carrie first, my yeah, best friend. Yeah, but she was on a Zoom. Zoom. And then you were the... I'm like, oh, God, I can't do a person. Nope. Like, what I did we look at a person. <laughs> we turned some... What song did we listen to? Was it Foo Fighters? Wasn't it a Jack White song? That's would be the biggest <laughs> Bader Meinhof <laughs> ding, ding, ding of my entire life because Eric hates Jack White. I think we did, though. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think it was Iggy so. Thump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super loud on my Bluetooth speaker. Sorry, Eric. Very nice. And we were, because we were both just filled with nerves and we were just jumping around my kitchen waiting for you to get there. And then we, we had to turn it off and be like, whew, whew, We had to look like we were professional yeah. and we knew what we do. And then we're like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And then the headphones barely fit in your ear. Oh, yeah. Because I, uh, I have this ears. weird thing. I got these little tiny ear holes. Mm-hmm. I have to have it over the ear headphones. Yeah, me too. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very so, nice. That was how. And then, um, I, you lived close by, and then I was doing this, and I came over, and then here we are now. If we don't talk to well, each other for six hours, we're like, why are you mad at me? <laughs> In episode 39, we sit down with Aaron Pipgrass about bringing broken shit home. You got to do it. And he, we sort of joke that he should start a YouTube channel of um, just purely him fixing the broken shit that I bring home. <laughs> Oh my God, like do we have the gonna same husband? It, we're going to call it like fixing my wife's shit. And that's it. Because I just, I love, I love to bring home dirty, broken shit. And he can do just about everything. So yes. please, you, you need to do, make that happen. Mm-hmm. Because I also will bring home broken shit. But my husband is not handy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's we, the problem. Yeah. So I'll be, he'll be like, I can fix it. I can fix it. And then I'm like, it's okay. I'll, it's fine. Broken. And he's like, nope. And then he'll break it more. Oh, and no. then I'll be like, that was fun. <laughs> Glad we yeah, went on if, that journey together. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want to live your, your mid century dream, you need to find yourself a man who can fix shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the, the appliances he, he worked on, um, you know, he can paint, he can, you know, he's 3D print stuff. He's a welder, you know, so there was a, a lot of the house, you know, what you see in the pictures are things that he built or fixed or refinished. And, uh, you know, we, we spent a year, you know, before we moved in um, gathering up all this stuff. The, the bathroom vanity was $40 on Craigslist oh. and we refinished it mm-hmm. and it's got like the original sink in it. And um, yeah, it was 40 bucks. And it has See? the slanted front. And that's really what happened. It was like, that was that was a game changer. I went there to buy the sink because I couldn't tell from the photos that the, that the, the vanity was slanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got there and we get out of the truck and, and Justin looks at me and he's, he, he knew right away. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's going in the house. I'm, got, I'm redesigning the bathroom. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was like, get me a pencil. Like, we're, we're I knock that, that. No, we, we're putting this in. So, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's a great sport. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, my husband is the same of like, I will have, I always tell people like, have a plan of what you're going to do in like two years and then spend that time finding all the shit that fits into that plan for cheap. Like, don't try it. If you want something vintage or vintage inspired, don't try and build it brand new. Cause it's going to be like what you said. It's going to be exhausting and so my husband and i and jill can vouch for this she's seen my garage we start to like hoard materials and different things and like of what we see to go with it but it always works out 
in our favor. Like we built my greenhouse this year, all from salvaged material. The only thing we had to buy brand new was the corrugated plastic roof. And I went out yesterday to work on it and I opened the door and it was hot as shit inside of it. So it's working (laughs) as it's supposed to. (laughs) Today, I finally get to go out and finish it and then plant things next weekend. But I can, I, as you're talking, I'm like, well, this is my life. I do this to my poor husband. (laughs) I bring home stuff. And then, or if I hear of somebody throwing away something vintage or like, uh, they'll start to talk about it. And like, especially I work in a salon, I'm a hairdresser. So I'll hear somebody else down be like, yeah, I'm selling my mom's house. And my brain's just like, what? Yeah. What's in it? You're like, are you selling everything in it? What are you doing? Like, so are you having a sale or are you just selling the house? Like, tell me, can I get this, the rundown of what's going on? When was it built? What part of Idaho Falls is it in? Where are we doing? What's going on? How long has she lived there? Mm-hmm. What were her favorite things mm-hmm. to collect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a problem. The I'm lady's like, just like, I just am here for my haircut. Like, she I just don't. died. I'm like, oops, sorry. Back <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> but was she like more mid-century or like French provincial or like, did she have dishware? Do you remember seeing, I like pull up a like scroll. Do you remember seeing any of these patterns in the house? This is called Catherine Holm. Ever seen it? Oh, she has a whole collection. Okay. What about this? Episode 40, we sit down and catch up with fellow guests as well as some intriguing listener stories about what auto insurance will and won't cover. This first listener story comes from Whitney at Cup and Carriage. She has a great little vintage shop on Instagram, and she is located in Central California, in the Bay of Central California. And she's um, said, she says, hello. My name is Whitney, Cup and Carriage, and I am friends with Riley. Love it. I hope you gals are doing well. Riley thought I may have a good estate sale story for you, which we love. I am all about vintage English teaware. A few years ago, I saw that an estate sale about 30 minutes from me would be offering just that. It had been a dry spell and I couldn't wait to go hunting. I totally relate to that. Yes. The weather report was predicting a storm and I was a little hesitant to make the drive, but we all know how FOMO wins out over good judgment 99.9% of the time. Well, the cell day arrived. It was storming as predicted, but I arrived without incident. Yes. I got there early, but I was still pretty far back in line, which I hate. When I get to an estate sale and there's a long line. Yes. I was, of course, worried all the teaware would be snatched up before I even got a chance to see it. As I got closer to the entrance, I got that feeling. We all know it. The adrenaline rush, heart pumping, hand shaking, the excitement. I got in the door and boom, there they were. My preciouses. (laughs) My precious. Just a few feet from the door, the china cabinet stood with the most gorgeous teacup and saucer sets. No one cared about them but me. I had brought a box with me and I planted myself down in front of that cabinet. For sure, a huge nuisance for those having to go around me as I was basically blocking the entryway. (laughs) It's not my fault the china cabinet was poorly situated. And I started filling it as carefully as possible to the brim. I even sacrificed my raincoat to add as padding, which nice. This was my day. I was so happy. I headed to the checkout on Clown 9. Unfortunately, you have to unpack your items to pay for them, and you never really quite get that same Tetris-type precision when you are attempting to move quickly for those in line behind you, which is my nightmare. Yeah, totally. That's anxiety. Crash. 
a cake plate, <gasps> my beautiful cake plate, which matched a set of six teacups and saucers. Oh, no. Hard to find matching sets like these in the wild, basically unicorns, slipped out of my not-so-neatly post-payment packed box. It's always traumatic to be the one to break things that others have kept safely intact for decades, even more so with spectators present. I held back the tears. It's fine. Not the end of the world. I still had many more beautiful items safe and secure. It was still a great day, totally worth making the drive in bad weather. I made my way to my car, still a bit sad, but trying to stay positive. It was only a play. I can find another one when wait. Hey, that tree limb, had it always been sticking out of my car's back window? <gasps> No, that's new. That was definitely not there before. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I no longer have a back window. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moral of the story, go to the sale, bring a big box, and never, ever park under a tree. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I would have just stood and cried in the parking lot. I would have slowly fell to the ground, set my stuff down so gently, yeah. <laughs> and bawled. Yeah. Could Had you? a complete nervous breakdown. Oh. <sighs> Also, because, like, insurance isn't going to cover it because it's technically an act of God. Yeah. Rude. So rude. How dare that tree. I love that she also just sat in front of the china cabinet and was like, fucking deal with it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. that There is a sense of entitlement when you find your thing. You're like, this is my space. Uh-huh. How dare you <laughs> intrude upon my space while I am going through these. Episode 41, we sit down with Kelsey Runge and we learn about how I don't let my husband have hobbies <laughs> i used to collect really pretty rocks out of my pond mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we've all done that oh yeah, yeah um, that, my husband still does that i mean i love so does idea. mine <laughs> i like the idea of collecting and then my dad was like okay yeah you're not gonna have rocks all over so you just like dumped them back in the pond one day and i totally cried but oh, i was I pretty young up. yeah i, I pre- did that to my husband <laughs> we went to bear lake a couple weekends ago and he's like I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, look at these rocks. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he puts them in a styrofoam cup and he just looks at me. He's like, don't throw this away. And I'm like, I'm not going to touch your rocks. <laughs> we get home and I'm helping cleaning out the truck. And I throw the cup away. He's like, where's my cup? I'm like, what cup? He's like, the styrofoam cup. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's in the garbage. And he's like, Jill! I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was tired. And you always throw garbage away and it's being helpful. And oh man. Uh-huh. And then he was in the garbage getting the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really I do I will say though, I've learned enough about myself. Like I know I have a very obsessive personality. Like when I start to love something, I go all freaking. You are in, in very episode forty two, we sit down with my sweet grandma Jackie and talk about how she acquired her favorite glass animals. There's a couple things. I'll talk about a couple of my favorite things that you have, and then you can tell me some of yours. So my favorite things, it's no doubt, have always been the bosun heads, uh-huh. the beam in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And they are, bosun heads were made in a town in England, and they are chalkware. Yes. And they depict uh, an effigy of a person, either dreamt up or a real person. It's just a bust. Not really a bust. It's a head with a flat back with a hook. And they're hard to find because of what they're made from, because they break and chip and wear. Yes. But you guys have, I don't even know how many, at least 20. Yes. And you, where did you buy those when you were in England? Well, the base, uh, when, when we were in Bister, would get them in. 
So the funny thing about this part is you can hear my grandmother's excitement when she talks about these shipments of items that were coming into the base that they could go shop. Um, a couple of days before this, I was at my mother's house and I was asking her about her collections and what she has. And she had the same level of excitement about going to the BX to get whatever treasures had shown up that week. And it really, and they're the most, I mean, uh, mundane kind of collectibles, but I love that watching my mother and my grandmother's face both light up when they talk about these tiny objects is just, it's one of my favorite things. And I could buy a few downtown Bister, but the word would get out. Oh, that you were buying them? That the Bostons were in. Uh, is it pronounced Boston? Boston. Oh, I've been saying it wrong all this time. The Bostons were in, and everybody headed to where you bought them. There were two or three trailers that had special stuff, and you, you, you got word they were in, and you headed to get the Bostons. Well, and they're incredible. Yes. And they're, I mean, for as old as they are, too, the detail. I have two in my kitchen that I found at Jeannie's shop. I think it was Genie's or the other one, the big one. But I have two, but they are, I always look for my favorite ones from that one. Episode 43 is with Beth Brinker, and she tells us how she met George Strait. I will say that I think George Strait is probably why I ended up in the music industry. Um, he is sort of why I, I always just loved music, and I really latched on to George from a young age where mm-hmm. I was like, this guy. And of course, Dolly and Reba and, and Lou, that was all sort of there. But George was like, you know, it's Texas. He's right. Elvis. Well, he was also, he was a huge deal when you and I were growing up. Like he yeah. was like the king of country music. Oh, yeah. I mean, King George, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was very influential. And one of the many adventures my mom and I went on is one time we went to the George Strait Team Open Classic on my spring break. And it was the, a moment that changed <laughs> my life for sure. Um, <laughs> they're literally walking up and there's this old couple, Dick and Marty from the Bernie Rotary Club. And they're like, how y'all doing? You know, and I was just this little 15 year old. And they're like, you want to meet George Strait? You should meet George Strait. And you go in there and you tell Mary, she's on the left. You tell her that Dick and Marty sent you that you want to meet George. And I was like, these people are crazy. <laughs> this is not <laughs> um, that works. I can't say that. <laughs> but I also, from a very young age, was just like, you got to just be bold, go for it. What is, you can tell me no. That's okay, the cool. youngest syndrome. That's the youngest child. Just being like, I'm going to do it <laughs> yeah. anyway. So you guys yeah. are going to have to I deal with know. it. I got nothing to lose. So I walked in there. I was like, are you married? Hi. Dick and Marty sent me. They told me that I should tell you that I wanted to meet George Strait. And she's like, they did, huh? (laughs) So like what happened with my mom and I often is people sort of like kind of fell in love with this little mother-daughter situation. And we were just, you know, just having fun, real easy going. And it was nothing like um, aggressive about what we did. We were just having fun and happy to be there kind of thing. And Sure enough, the next day we're we're walking up and Mary sticks her hand out the window the front door and says, curls her finger and says, Come here. And so they 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 sent me and my mom to meet George Strait. 
And that changed my whole life. Of course, George and I talked about the FFA. And he's like, nobody's ever asked me about this. I was like, I really wanted to know, like, were you in it? And tell me all about it. He's like, I was. <laughs> um, and it was very, very cool. And he sat there talking with us for a, a while, just like hold my little hand, patting it, talking with my mom. They both had family in Pearsall, Texas, very small world. And I walked out of there and I was like, well, now what? Because I met George Strait and right. he was the nicest ever. Yeah. Like, literally the best. And so after that, I was never starstruck because why would I be if I met George Strait and he's awesome and he's freaking George Strait, then nobody else is worthy of, you know, <laughs> you're fawning. Yeah. Swooning or fumbling over. Um, so, and that kind of kind of became a thing where we would go for my spring break and I got to see and talk with him every year, which was the coolest. Oh he my was, God. The next time, it's my FFA girl. Y'all, I was like, dead. Oh my God, he remembered. And then it was like FFA Sweetheart the next time. And oh. then I was going to AM and it was Aggie Sweetheart. It was just a journey. And he was so lovely and wonderful. And I'm like, oh, yeah, if if that's okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I was just, um, not that that like immediately influenced me being in the music industry, but it certainly served me well to not feel. Um, starstruck or intimidated by anyone. And I can thank George Strait for that because he was um, lovely and generous with me and giving of his time. And does kindness. he, does he still recognize you? Like if you I haven't guys... seen him recently, I haven't. So I don't know if he would remember that I was his FFA sweetheart. George, if but... you're listening, I know you're a big fan of the show. <laughs> um, if George. you're listening, George, your um, FFA sweetheart. Your FFA sweetheart is all grown up and slinging vintage shirts of yours. <laughs> yeah, um, and so you have some that you need to let go and get rid of. You know, just send them down to Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Episode forty-four is with Elena Scalise, and we talk about Jill getting strange pictures with nurse questions. Like I wanted to be a mechanic, and my family was like, "No, you should be a nurse." Okay, I'll be a nurse. And then I'm like, damn it, I should become a mechanic. Yeah, because now what are you going to do? Like, I know. check my blood pressure? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to, I do call you too much. You do. Everybody calls me. It's like, so, hey, I got a question. You may or may not know the answer, but, and then they'll send me a picture and I'll be like, fuck, what is that? <laughs> They're like, I'm like, there's a lot of blood. I feel like you should just go to the ER. Yeah. Just you need to start sending a Venmo Jill deductible <laughs> to people <laughs> to be like, no, here, this is actually Episode 45 is with Chantel Bumgard of Telly Thrift. And she tells us how the Funkos may be the next big thing. I asked that question the other day on the Instagram of like, what do you think is gonna be popular in 20 years for collecting? And like a oh, couple yeah. people said Funko Pops. And I was like, oh. am I going to be mad that I threw the boxes away? And now I th it's like, it's like the Beanie Baby thing all <laughs> over again. Right. Like, uh, oh. My partner, Travis, has a huge collection of, of Funkos. So and he's kept, he's very like anal about that. All mm -hmm. the boxes. Are oh, see, he's going to be making some money in 20 years. Yeah, he's going to have the money. <laughs> Dan's going to be like, oh, I should have kept the box. Well, I kept, so the boxes I still have are like, I have the Sanderson sisters that somebody got me as a gift. 
And so they all come out of their box to be displayed for Halloween and then they go back in their box. But the boxes that I threw away, I think, were my Labyrinth Funko Pop boxes. Oh. And that was just, yeah, a, but just okay. a misguided those, step on my part. Though, you will never get rid of those. <laughs> no. Okay. No. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I was. I'm still missing. If anybody ever sees Sarah in the worm or, yeah, it's oh. the only one I'm missing. You also have to tell your children that when you get old and they're getting rid of stuff that they can't get rid of those. Oh, it's gonna those be are so the bad. things you just keep forever. I'm just going to say, go onto my hard drive and listen to all of my <laughs> podcasts. And that's how you'll know the history of my stuff. Shake my finger. Right. I don't even know how to explain some collections, you know, like all my uh, Hannah and Barbara, like Yogi Bear and Flintstone stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know I, what, like, I don't know what my reason really is for that collection or what I would say. Episode 46, we sit down with Josh Levine of Josh Levine Speaks and about my jewelry store's top of the line diamond protection. When you're having things appraised and they're appraised with the GIA, you can definitely tell somebody, you know, that this is the heart of the ocean or whatever. <laughs> you know, I remember like growing up, my grandpa always bought a ring for my grandma every Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I would go into the jewelry store with them. Our family has always gone to Ingram's here in Idaho Falls. Oh, yeah. And so I'd go in. And I just remember like looking in all the cases. And when I got married, I was able to pick my diamond out of this old ass index card box that had these <laughs> manila envelopes. It seemed like the worst diamond storing system known to man. Like they just carry this old box out and they start rifling through and they're picking and they hand you this manila envelope with a diamond. <laughs> that seems very safe. Yeah, it seems like if somebody wanted hypothetically to take I guess maybe it's a better thing because they're like, who the fuck is going to think that they keep all of the diamonds in this shitty? Well, what if like you could just see, I bet they got into an argument one time where like the white, he's like, it's in the papers are in the manila envelope. Make sure you get them sent off. Okay, I will. And then she sends them off. (laughs) And then he starts yelling, woman, where's my diamonds? Mm -hmm. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I totally see that. I shredded them. I ran them through the shredder. You told me to send that manila envelope. No, I told you the white envelope. That was where the problems began. Just heard envelope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Episode 47 is uh, we just little chat up and learn that there are more pirates out there than we even knew. We talked down with Sam's mom and learned everything. Where I get it from. Now that I'm, you know, trying to figure out how to be a flower farmer, I am. career number i don't know four three um i'm starting to like eyeball you know interesting bases and oh colors and that's good to know we see a lot of those you know i don't just want you know everybody's bases under their kitchen sink kind of thing yeah but i I also wanted to get it on record here because i told you out at the garden that my mom has this holt howard candle holders and they are pixies that spell noel and I, immaculate and i have the box yeah and i told her if you ever sell those i will not put you in a nice nursing home i will not <laughs> find nice elderly care for you if you sell those she's talked about it a time or two before and i said i swear to god if you yeah. sell these they're worth quite a bit because they're 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 perfect <laughs> yeah i know they're in perfect condition but they're so cute they're, i don't want them because they're, they're worth a lot 
I it's it gives me so much anxiety thinking of you giving those sweet (laughs) angels to somebody that doesn't know what they are. I know. Yeah, you can't hardly find them anywhere. No, you do. They're sold. Yeah, yeah, they're really rare. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I I guess that's uh, my bargaining chip. (laughs) This nursing home or the Noel goes. I'll just push you over. I'll just you there. (laughs) Push you over and go. Whoops! Sorry, mom. Max, help mom get up. I got to go put these away. <laughs> Chase after yeah. me. I dare you. Episode 48, we sit down with Eric Linkweiler, and we talk about Dawn of Neon. This is an incredible piece of cultural history and technical marvel. Yeah. Because we have it, and we can't even entirely fix it because that handmade technology of the 20s, 30s, 40s, which has not changed today, same technology but we don't have all the right talented people to put those pieces back together. It's the same bending. It's the same gas, glass, the same electricity. It's completely lo-fi, no computer needed. It's just science and art combined. Uh, and I guess I'm, I'm trying to say is that it takes talent to make these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to learn. You have to apprentice for many, many years in order to learn how to bend glass over an open flame and the folks that do it, I cherish. And the museum of neon art, we're, we have a classroom at our Glendale location where we're trying to find and teach that next generation of vendors Mm. because we don't want this craft to die. It's, it's, it's all made by hand. Every neon sign you have ever seen in your life, even those open beer Budweiser signs were all made by hand. You cannot make this by machine or computer. So, Again, that's something that we have to celebrate. It's really an art form. Episode 49 is with Lauren Dodge. We learn about some SARP objects. And then I was day drinking one day and I was like, what if I had a whole house of curio? And I, I bought um, a dollhouse on a whim. Um, and so that's how, it, that's how I got, got this originally. And then, um, you know, I do a lot of Halloween party planning and, you know, knowing that you, you got to theme your shit. To, to put some rails on it. And I had been reading a lot of uh, Southern Gothic books and then Lady Delaney inspired me because of her little spooky world. Um, and so I was thinking like, well, how, how could I make some of these rooms? Like, what is the, the general story? And how it developed is, um, you know, each room has, is, is drawing from like a major theme or major, major like uh, imagery that I, I, I love from one of the books that I just can't get enough of. So um, like Sharp Objects by Jillian Flynn. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything, book. but you know, Such you know that, 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 yeah, that chapter, like that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, <gasps> I, I had, just clicked. If you've listened to the book, <laughs> I was wondering why you were asking for that very specific detail. I'll tell mm-hmm. you after, Jill. I'm not ruining it for anybody. I, um, I'll, I'll say it exists and they are real and it Ooh. is in the bathroom. Incredible! And, you know, I oh, man. So I, I put some videos up, and I can show you what that looks like. In one of our first Patreon bonus episode, we talk about how Jill's daughter is a historian. In the last, in the 1900s, when I grew up, um, Hayden was not a common name at all. So yeah, no. I never, never ever. Was it your daughter that said to you about being born in the 1900s? Yes. <laughs> yes, she said so. When, so you were born in the mid 1900s, and I was like, <laughs> "What?" 
No. <laughs> she also refers back in the olden days. Anytime oh, I was a child. Oh boy. Back in the olden days, did you have this? And I'm like, yes, I, I'm not like... <laughs> we had electricity and indoor plumbing, believe it or not. I but saw... the Speaking of olden times, okay? Ask as millennials and zenials, right? We're a, of the, the, the late 19th century. <laughs> Ask somebody much younger than you to answer the phone without using a phone and see what hand motion they make. Because oh. <laughs> when we go to answer the phone, what what gesture do you make, Hayden, to mimic that you're on the phone? You go well, like just this, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the of, uh, yeah no, they do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Of course. <laughs> they I just, did, like to... a claw to their face. I know. My kid, <laughs> I did that to my kids and they'd be like, I did this. And they're like, why are you giving the shaka? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it, that's the telephone. Like this, this was the, you talked. And then, like, I had to pull up a picture. Well, it's like, do you not look at the phone icon on your cell phone? Yeah, because yeah. it's yeah, it's not a square within a yeah. square. <laughs> it will it's, be soon. It's <laughs> and all those things, those icons and those symbols that we thought of, like a, a disc picture, you know, a floppy disk to be for a save. Oh yeah, got to go because people don't understand it anymore. Episode fifty is with Jerica Yasamura about the uneven floors and antique stores. As soon as I was old enough to keep my hands in my pocket, my grandma would take me out with her and just, I would just, <laughs> yeah, follow her around the antique store looking at everything. Cause also when you're like that height, the stuff that's at your eye level is not very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're not trying to put the expensive shit at three foot, four foot high. Yeah. But if you yeah. dig a little deeper, you always find something. I think that's why I started collecting spoons. Because <laughs> they oh, were yeah. right there in the middle of the showcase, and they were shiny. <laughs> was also is this a like antique store thing where the floor is always uneven at some point in the antique store? Yes, oh, I yeah. think that's a requirement, <laughs> right? Like you're not a legit antique store unless you have uneven floors, right? Some separate levels, and then you have a shelf on one of the edges. So, like, if somebody grabs something and starts tipping, and then you're like, don't know if you're supposed to catch it or if you're supposed to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Terrible game of vintage Jenga. <laughs> and that's the other I, thing. It is vintage Jenga. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to cram so much shit in one little shelf when you have like a whole booth? Because their partners are yelling at them to get it out. Spread of the it house. out. Spread it. Put this in your t- booth, please. God, like I went one time with my mom and I found a bowl I wanted, but it had like three bowls in it, and then it was like on top of a like this tall shelf, and like everything was like packed around it and my mom's like do you really really need that i'm like yeah mom i do so sit there (laughs) and make sure i don't drop anything now it's out of spite yeah it is Mm -hmm. so you're one of those brave antiquers because when i see a booth that's like so packed full where like I'm like, I have a big butt. I'm going to turn around and like knock okay. something down. Like, Jinx, pinch, poke, you owe me a Coke. Like, walk in them. As you're saying, going into tight, my brain goes, I'm not, I have a big butt. That in my purse is like a fucking wrecking ball in an See, antique shop. This is why you need a fanny pack when you go anywhere. It doesn't hang in anything. And yes, my butt does touch certain things. And I'm like, this Ooh. is why I wear overalls. I had a front pocket oh, for incidentals. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, but oh. they get hot. Oh, it's not too bad. Uneven floors, though. I actually uh, just recently went to a record store in Council Bluffs, Iowa. It's basically like on the border of Omaha. And 
this record store, I want to say it was called Kane's Collections, and the floor in there just was like a roller coaster. Like, I was like, how is this building standing? <laughs> and, like, and it's this guy who owns it, and he was so awesome. Like, any anything I told him I was looking for, he's like, oh, yeah. And he'd, like, go and find it for me right away and just, like, start hunting the whole store. Like, he's like, I know where everything's at. You just ask. And I'm just like... <laughs> Like, trying to, like, shimmy through the the rows and, like, <laughs> watch my stuff. Because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall through this floor. <laughs> What's your insurance policy look like? Is this yeah. building cleared for occupancy? Or, like, are you just, like, bunkering down and they've been trying to get you out of here and you're just saying no? No, sorry, I got too much stuff. Can't move. Floor's too uneven. Can't get out of here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Episode 13 with Hayden Peters, where I talk about my favorite color. No, I'm going to go for the half morning. Okay. Yeah, I would go with half morning also. And I'm going because I wear generally all black all the time. I'm going full <laughs> on morning with the parasol and every damn thing. Because <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> like... carried around. Yeah. Yes. I just everybody's like, "Oh my God, your husband died." My husband's following behind me, and I'm like, "No, I just love it. I just wanted to wear it." <laughs> look at how great! Look at my shoes. I just do all of it. Look at this crepe. Can you believe? Touch it. My God, it's fantastic. The craftsmanship. Episode 14 is where we sit with our own Sam, and she uh, talks about running away from her grandpa. And I remember, you know, growing up, I was dramatic surprise really yeah i know i would have never guessed so i used to tell my brothers when they weren't including me in things i would say i was i'm gonna run away and i would write these dramatic ass (laughs) notes i need to see one of these do you still have any certain i ruined every single one of them i'm sure you did because you're like this Mm -hmm. so i was my grandpa was coming over to watch because my oldest brother's nine years older than me he was coming over and I put this note out and it just said, I'm running away now. <laughs> oh, how old were you? Oh, God. I want to say five or six. Oh, my well, goodness. Old enough to know how to scribble something yeah. out. My grandpa looks at me and he goes, if you step outside that door and run away, I will drag you back by your hair. Whoa. <laughs> and me thinking, fucking try me, old man. Of course. Took off. And we lived on a corner lot. So we had that really long side yard. Mm-hmm. I took off running and I hear on the pavement behind me my grandpa's cowboy boots. <gasps> that sound. Gaining <laughs> on me. And I'm fucking sprinting. The next <laughs> thing I remember is, and he grabbed like a full handful so it didn't <gasps> hurt. He did? He was a man well, of his word. He was going to. <laughs> so he caught me by my hair, hmm. took me back in the house, looked at me down the over his glasses and said, I told you what was going to happen. I It was like he was my match. Like nobody else could really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. where you got it. That is most definitely where I got it. That is. So I, he must have seen that in you. Yes. Yeah. He definitely saw from a very young age. I have always been too independent. I walked to preschool when I was four years old. That sounds about right. Put my snow pants on put everything on that I needed and walked almost a mile in February to preschool. Februarys in Idaho are very, very cold. <laughs> my dad and was very supposed snowy. to be watching me and my mom was taking a bath. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it's always been for me is uh, my grandpa was always the one to like check me back, I guess, to go on 
that long little. But my grandpa was always a storyteller. Mm-hmm. That's where I get my uh, love for stories. It's my grandpa, I mean, he was a published author, you know, and mm-hmm. he would just spin a yarn and he would be so wrapped up into it only to find maybe five minutes to the end that it was all bullshit. Well, that is a that is a skill. So that's where, you know, my love for, I would ask him about his childhood or whatever. And that's where the story thing started for me it was from a very young age. In episode 15 with Jasmine and Kyla of Corkscrew Curiosities, we also talk about an unlikely superhero. So what are you guys curating for your space? Like what are the, what is Corkscrew Curio going to be known to have? It's really difficult. People ask us what we're looking for all the time. And the the best description that we have is if you think it's weird, we want it. So typically uh, we love like carnival stuff, anything with clowns. Um, we have some weird dolls. We have uranium glass. We have a whole selection of uranium glass and that's become a major addiction. And cupies. Yes. Um, just really any weird stuff. We also have a local person who is supplying us with wet specimens. Um, so we've got like snakes and lizards and frogs and stuff like that. A little in there too. Duckling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's precious. Yeah, <laughs> like I, we also have kind of said like, if you think it should be thrown away, <laughs> just give. <it> <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. my. Are we trash teaks? Is that our aesthetic? <laughs> Instead of trash pandas, <laughs> we're trash teakers. I will. I will clout, like proudly claim that. Like mm-hmm. I'm. I'm about that's that. That's it. That's we're cool. getting t-shirts, guys. <laughs> well, I was looking, so I'm, I. I got into the. That it's cool. Yes. We just have like instead of trash, we have the trash panda outfit. Yeah, yeah, but it's vintage. <laughs> it's vintage. <laughs> we um, I recently got into uranium glass too because of the show, and then I, of course, have to take it one step further and be like, I don't want to collect what everybody else is collecting. So I've been looking at the pieces of uranium slag. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's just a fucking chunk of glass from the production floor. Like, you know, like, um, what is it called from Detroit and like auto manufacturers? There's like the paint. It's called oh. Fordite. Oh, Fordite. Yeah. Yes. It's like that, but it's. That's amazing. I've not heard of that. That's so cool. And I was, it's just chunks. Like it's just chunks of uranium glass. Glowing magic. Chunks. And it looks, it looks jagged. Like and yeah, it looks like it's from space or from an old witch. Oh my god! And I just think, how fucking cool would that look displayed in a cabinet, like oh. next to like candlesticks or whatever of other glassware? You just have, and then people are like, "What is that?" And then you turn the black light on, and then you all get cancer. Only. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yesterday was it? Yesterday, Jasmine, we were like, we found a bunch of uranium glass. We were like packing it out to the car. I cut my finger open. And I was like, is this going to kill me? And I was like, I looked at her. I was like, is it bad to get cut with uranium glass? And she was like, maybe. I, was like, I don't you, know. Now Do you're you just going turn to turn green in- when yeah. you get mad. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should be worrying about. Now She's you're turning into blowing. a Marvel superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened I mean, to her? It would be a fair trade, I guess. I would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Lady uranium. <laughs> That would be a good a good origin story. 
She was looking at me like, you're on a roll today. Yeah, superhero antiquer. Like, I don't know if I'm so tired that everything's really, really funny or you're just going. What would the powers of Lady Uranium would be instant antique identification. Instant, like not even. And like she could x-ray into something and know where it's at. And be like, is this bad energy? And they would touch it and be like, yeah, no. Oh, and then you'd like feel the story behind it. Yeah. And everything you sold always went for high-end retail. Yeah, always. Oh my gosh, Kyla, I hope that happens to you. I'm sorry. I know. I'm like, let's make it happen. (laughs) Seriously, that'd be worth it. And then you have all of us as your sidekicks. (gasps) Are you the 2020 bingo slot for November, which is Uranium Lady? Like, is that the next thing that's going to happen this year? Nobody would have predicted this. (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) I mean, stranger things have happened. It is 2020. Yeah. Yes, yes, this is running out of disaster. Episode 16 is with Riley Reyes of Darling Ditties, where uh, Sam pretty much stalks her. Oops. Well, and I was, um, like last night as I was working on stuff for the episode, I Google Earthed your hometown. And so it is, is like creepy at all. I just looked at where you live. <laughs> I Googled that's earlier. Totally I, so I just looked at it and I was just like, it looks like that's where the Brady Bunch would vacation. Like it's the yeah, cutest 100%. fucking. And it's like, it looks, it's just like set inside of the little mountains mm-hmm. and it's the cute little town. And then there's a little bay that I just want to swim all the way across, but it looks, it's large. Very cold. And very cold. Is it very cold? And then <laughs> yeah. there's like She's a like, sandbar do and then the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, I, well, I have to be landlocked. I know every time yeah. she talks about going, I'm like, I want to go to the beach and go down and walk. And mm-hmm. nope, stuck in Idaho. Yeah. You can come visit anytime. It's for sure. Clown room. Yeah. And You're definitely on our list of. It's. It's like the best. When we got married to my husband, I was like, okay, one, I'm never leaving here ever. So, where is he you know from? That? Where's your husband? He's from, from? Modesto. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's, it's not great. Um, I am so incredibly thankful for every single person that tunes in to listen to our show. Whether you've listened to it one time or a hundred times or however many, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And this is where I get that a little, I haven't cried in a while on the show, so we might as well get it in. <laughs> when we started this podcast, there were a lot of people that kind of looked at us like we were a little nuts, um, like it wasn't going to last, um, all of that stuff. I think they I got that more than you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just when I cuz when I told people we were doing this and they're like what are you going to do? You don't talk. I'm like, "Okay, asshole. Mm-hmm. I'll prove you wrong." And I just have to say thank you for asking me to do this. This has definitely got me out of my comfort zone. We've met some incredible people along the way. Mm-hmm. We've made some really close friendships. I think you and I have become closer. Yeah. And it's just been it's just been surreal. Mm-hmm. It is. And I've loved because I I mean we knew each other for quite a while before we did this, but now we know each other really well. And I always 
just comment to people. I'm like, I love watching Jill come into herself in the way that I see her in the way that her friends see her and her husband sees her to see the person I see when I do your hair and to share it with everybody. You're so special to the show. Everybody loves you. I always get comments about like, Oh my God, Jill makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, man, we, we did it. We did it. And I mean, to be here a year later, Mm -hmm. Because even you and I in the beginning were like, nope, first episode, we did it, we're done. Let's pack up, let's pack it up. <laughs> we made it this far, but no, I mean, your like your nosiness to getting down to the bottom of it has been just a delight to see where your brain goes. Thanks. Like it just like the way your questions just flow out. Sometimes I just stare at you. I'm like, oh my god, I'd never think of that. Good job. <laughs> And I mean, especially when we uh, interviewed like Hayden and Regina and Ryan, like you wanted to fangirl so hard and just kept it all in and fangirled after. But I mean, people tell me all the time, like your voice is so soothing that they'll listen to our podcast at night because your voice is just so soothing that they just kind of lull to sleep. Oh, sweet. And then they have to read. Yeah, and then they have to repeat the episode in the morning because they know they forgot a lot of stuff. So, on that same token, I got a message from Erin, a feral cat, the other day, and she had accidentally put the podcast in like almost two times speed. <laughs> and she goes, "Wow!" And it was during Telethrust episode. She goes, "Wow, um, Jill and Chantel sounded plausible, like it was actual speech cadence. You sounded insane, like you were reading, um, like the." The uh, what is it at the end of a drug commercial where they read all the symptoms? And I told my husband that, and he goes, You know, you do talk really fast when you get excited. And I was like, I know, I know, but now I have a group of people that appreciate that, so I'm not gonna feel bad about it. You have a whole group of people that love it. (laughs) And you know, I was sitting the other day, and I, uh, as I often do, and think back to just the growth, and and I know we're kind of going on and on about this, but I just marvel at the amount of. Uh, growth we've had in the last year and where the show is going and where it's continuing to grow. Um, Like getting to travel this year, like we said we were going to do to go to different expos. Um, Yeah. We can't wait to see what another year of the mothball prophecies looks like. Yeah. And the fact that we have brought this community together Mm -hmm. to show that there are others out there who do the same thing, collect the same you know, stuff. And it's not weird. It's not strange. You have somebody out there that collects the same thing. Yeah. There's or all people. Yeah. There's all so we're all weirdos in the same group mm-hmm. wanting to hear your stories. There's somebody else out there that appreciates your cool shit. That's right. And we're right here. And we would love to talk to you about it. Always. We would also like to take this time to thank the people that we never thought we would have our patrons. Holy cannoli. That is a big. Thank you guys so (laughs) much. You guys are amazing to believe in us that much. Give us your money. I just remember when we first started, we were just like, huh? Thank Mm -hmm. you. Like, we just kind of like turtled in and like, oh gosh, thanks guys. That's really nice. But I mean, you guys are amazing. And then when you message us, when we like, send stories or whatever or you like send us pictures of the stuff you got Mm -hmm. or the stories you have like 
love it. It's just, it's so awesome to be building this community. And I know every time we get a message to the mothball Instagram from one of our patrons, I'm like, Oh, what'd they get? What is this? I, and <laughs> I generally get so excited to see what everybody else is getting in the wild and also learning about their different stuff. And now it's, we've done this too. When you and I are out sourcing stuff and picking and whatever, we'll be like, Ooh, I know who would like this. Oh, I know yeah, who would like this. We do. We yeah. do that all the time now. So a gigantic, Thank you to Katrina and Erica in Arizona, Emily and Crystal in Nevada, Aaron in Wisconsin, RJ in Florida, Gina in South Carolina, Julia in Sweden, Jasmine in Kentucky, Kyla in Indiana, Javier, Shanna, Mandy, and Riley in California. We have Betty, Lisa, Aaron, TC Lionel, Melissa, Christina, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. Another gigantic thank you to our wonderful team, Gray. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And also to our darling Spellcheck. Thank you for checking all of our errors and making us look good on paper. Yes, thank you both so much. We would not, we literally would not be here without you two. <laughs> no. As always, I genuinely hope that you find some good shit. And I really do hope you remember to look under the tables. Bye. See ya. Bye.